Hello, welcome. Today is episode 374 of the Keto Diet Podcast. This is a really special one. I really, really enjoy getting to share these episodes with you. We've done a couple of blood work episodes in the past, episode 356. We talked about understanding your blood work part one, and then episode 360, part two, and then every couple of months or so, I've been adding a couple of these audios. I hope you're enjoying them. Basically, the first one we did was episode 365, where you're a fly on the wall listening in on um, an audio message that I send to a client outlining some of the patterns in their blood work. And I got a lot of responses back from you guys that you really enjoyed this. And so as I record audios for clients and it feels like a good fit, I'll continue to share these. So this episode, episode 374 is geared toward outlining whether or not you need B vitamins looking at your blood work. So you can follow along with your blood work and kind of look for those highs and lows. Now, I'll just kind of be clear here and just outline as we did in part one and part two, um, if you're interested in blood chemistry, definitely head back to episode 356 and 360 so you can learn even more but we're using functional ranges. So when you're looking at your blood work now, you might see that everything looks normal. And perhaps you've gone to your doctor and they've said, everything looks normal, everything looks good. They're looking at your blood work from a diagnostic perspective. We're looking at your blood work from a functional perspective. And these two are so different, okay? So as you're looking at your blood work and just listening to today's audios, understand that I'm using functional ranges and not the diagnostic ranges, okay? And really, this is an episode where you get to join me and be a fly on the wall uh, with a one-time assessment. If you listen to today's episode and you're like, this sounds really fun, I have blood work and I'd really like to learn more about what red flag markers can be shown to reflect on my actual blood work, you can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash labs, where I provide a list of labs to um, ask your doctor for. And then once you sign up, I send you a couple of emails on what to look for in blood work and how to work with me. There's some information on my website, also healthfulpursuit.com. And if you just click up on the shop link up there in the top, you can check out some of the options to work with me. Yeah. So without further ado, let's cut over to today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel, and you're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've put together a free 21-page guide on achieving weight loss on your keto diet if nothing is working as a little thank you for being here today. Grab your free guide at ketoforwomen.com to get the steps you need to overcome the hurdles standing in your way. Let's get started uh, with RBC hemoglobin hematocrit. These markers are good and awesome. Hematocrit slightly elevated. This has been shown to reflect dehydration. Now it could have been that at the time of your blood work, you didn't prepare properly, quote unquote, by making sure that you had enough water for about three days with electrolytes. Um, it's ever so slight, but just know that when we do have a slight dehydration pattern, it can show up in the rest of the blood work, specifically with sodium, potassium, like basically all your electrolytes and a little bit of your CBC. So 
it's ever so slight, so I wouldn't worry too much about it. But just going forward, I'm making sure that you're having um, ample liquids and electrolytes before you test. If you tell me that you're like, I do so many electrolytes and so many liquids, I don't know how it's showing dehydration. Then we start to th think that the adrenals are not working great and the mitochondria is uh, affected. When our mitochondria isn't working top notch, it'll affect our adrenals and it will also make it so that we have a dehydration pattern when we really shouldn't. And that's just because the sodium potassium pump in all of our cells is not working absolutely perfectly. This is a very, very common issue. Um, some things that can be helpful for this are just overall adrenal support. Things like humic and fulvic acids. Uh, I use a company called Cellcor quite often for these. Um, many of their supplements have humic and fulvics, but Mother Earth Labs has a mineral uh, supplement that's humic and fulvic and can be really good. Moving on, MCV, MCH, MCHC. Uh, these markers are functionally elevated. Now, when I say elevated, it's a functional piece. So um, you're probably not gonna see a lot of these highs and lows and such on your blood work. When these markers are all elevated, this has been shown to reflect a need for B12 and B9. So then we look to another marker on here, which is homocysteine. Um, that marker is functionally elevated. That is also a marker that's been shown to reflect a B12, B9 need. And then you go over to bun. Let me just scroll down there. That is uh, functionally decreased. That's a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect a B6 need. Now, by understanding that B6 need, looking to other markers, now we're looking for patterns. And the more markers that feed into the pattern, the more we're like, okay, yeah, this is a complete pattern. A B12, B9 definitely been shown to reflect that need. So that could be something that you focus on specifically with that homocysteine. When homocysteine is elevated, we start to think, okay, well, it could be a B12 need. Um, it could be a B9 need. It could also be like, what's going on that the body needs all this B12 and B9? Like, are you not eating enough foods that contain it? B6 can also be needed when it comes to homocysteine. Like, what's going on that you need all this B6 and B12 and B9? Uh, heavy metals have been shown to cause an issue with B12. And so if somebody has B12 need, B12 need, and we start to just wonder, like, what's going on that you're you're needing all this B12. Another issue with high homocysteine, functionally high homocysteine, can be um, we can kind of bridge that gap by reducing the amount of muscle meat and increasing organ meats. Now, there's something too with the homocysteine being a marker for B6 and bun being a marker for potential B6 need as looking at overall liver function. Like, is the body in need of B6 so much that it could be affecting the way that the liver functions because the liver does need B6. We see your ALT enzyme, um, ALT being an enzyme at 20. This is just on the cusp of being like, mm, maybe the liver needs a little bit of support just based on a potential need for B6, B12. I would suggest that perhaps starting off with something like uh, Mother Earth Labs makes a really good B complex um, and has all the cofactors in there. It's really, really great. So my suggestion would be to do that for a little while and then check in on some of these markers and see how your B12, B6, B9 is going and whether or not that helped the liver a little bit.
You know those nights you go to bed knowing based on your activity that day that there's a good chance you're going to wake up sore? Or maybe you deal with chronic pain. Mine is neck pain. Oh, it's just horrible. And are tired of the creams and tinctures that just don't provide the relief you're needing? Tell me about it. When Eaton Hemp created their CBD-infused Super Salve, a combination of organic coconut oil, organic beeswax, organic birch bark and arnica infused with MCT oil, organic peppermint essential oil, I was beyond excited excited to put it to the test. And after years of putting it to the test, I can tell you it works. Applied before self-massage, spread over the feet and putting your socks on before bed. That's one of my favorite ways on any sore muscle, ache or pain. I just love it. And that includes period cramps. When you go to eatenhemp.com slash keto diet, you will save 25% with the code keto diet and you'll be given a 30 day money back guarantee. Doesn't work for you. Get your money back. Use the code keto diet at eatenhemp.com slash keto diet. Okay. Let's go down to just your overall white blood cells. We see everything pretty much in line here. The really cool thing about monocytes is they have a really hard time hiding behind biofilms. Biofilms, think of them like walls that things live behind the body can't see. But monocytes have a really hard time kind of hiding behind everything. And so we see the monocytes elevated And so we start to think, okay, well, what else is? And everything else looks fine. We do see white blood cells at 4.7. This is a little bit lower than we'd like to see. So then we think, okay, well, this is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect something going on chronically, whether chronic pathogens, chronic infections. It can also be a sign of B6, B9, and B12 need. And so generally... As we work on a protocol, as you're pulling together your own protocol, it might be good to start off with nutrient support, biofilm busting. For biofilms, just understanding um, that you might have some mitochondrial support needed, uh, something like King Coffee could be helpful or spores from organo to just uh, double whammy it. If you have a history of any viral components, Japanese knotweed is also a really good biofilm buster. My suggestion would be to bust through those, uh, wait like 30 to 45 days, and then run your blood work again. Okay, then we have uh, glucose fasting at 70. That's a little bit lower than we want to see. A hemoglobin A1C, I don't really like to use this marker. It's not overly helpful. I would really love to see insulin for you and kind of see where that is at um, with a glucose that's low. This is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect malnutrition. A low-carb diet that's maybe not necessary, though the insulin gives us more of an indication of whether or not the low-carb diet is necessary. And chronic it's chronic stress and adrenal hypofunction, if we just think of the mitochondria overall. Also, if we're looking at a low glucose, now we don't have the insulin, so we don't have the full picture, but just based on some of your adrenal markers, uh, which is the sodium, potassium, chloride, we see sodium pulling low, potassium pulling high. That can also be a red flag marker and just pattern that's been shown to reflect adrenal hypofunction. That's why my suggestion to go for something like a can coffee from Organo could be helpful not only to support the adrenals, but also to help uh, with just overall uh, biofilm busting as we move forward uh, with the next step, which would be to kind of look at your white blood cells and kind of see how everything came together after doing that. 
Okay, um, we already spoke about bun, so we're good there. We spoke about sodium potassium in that pole. We also have carbon dioxide. This is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect oxidation, iron overload. Um, unfortunately, we don't have any iron markers for you, so we don't have a good indication of this. I didn't see any other additional patterns in the blood work that would point to iron overload, but definitely something we want to keep in the back of our minds. If we do have a B6 need, oftentimes a lack of B6 can actually cause iron to be overloaded. So um, if you start taking B6 and then see that the carbon dioxide increases, then we know that that took care of that. However, generally, I see carbon dioxide being on the low end, usually due to oxidation or a chronic issue happening. Okay, then we go to protein total, albumin, globulin, everything looks good there. The albumin being at 4.5, when we think there might be a little bit of dehydration going on, I would expect that albumin to be around 4.3 or so if we didn't have that additional dehydration patterns. So we just have that in the back of our minds as we're looking at the, the patterns um, because an albumin sitting around that, I start to think, okay, does that feed into some of the infection pattern that we talked about in the white blood cell? What could be hiding behind biofilms? Could this all also be feeding into the oxidative stress pattern that we just discussed? with the carbon dioxide. So I'm just kind of keeping that in the back of my mind as we move forward. Now, another uh, marker that feeds into some of that mitochondria support needed is the alkaline phosphatase. And um, this is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect a mitochondria dysfunction or mitochondrial need of support, especially when we're looking at uh, the sodium potassium piece. If you have any symptoms of adrenal dysfunction, again, Adding in those fulvics and humics can be super helpful. Um, if you're not already taking zinc also, you could increase your zinc just a little bit and see how that goes for this marker. Generally, it'll help boost it up just a little bit, but if we're dealing with some mitochondrial need, oftentimes um, the zinc isn't enough to really bump up this marker and isn't really at the root cause of it. We don't see any of the other zinc um, markers being adjusted. But if you're like, I don't know, should I take zinc? It could be helpful for my immune. Alkaline phosphatase indicates that perhaps taking zinc would be great. Whether you're keto, low carb, paleo, or somewhere in between, electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. This is amplified on the ketogenic diet, but every human requires this balance. When you have adrenal hypo or hyper function, this affects your body's ability to balance sodium and potassium. Do you get headaches behind your left eye? This is a good sign that you need sodium. Headaches behind your right eye? This is a good sign you need potassium. Nearly every one of my clients that I work one-on-one -on -one with have an imbalance of electrolytes when they first come to see me. Symptoms such as headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, or seen right there in their blood work. Much of this is improved with proper electrolyte supplementation. Now, I personally consume at least one packet of electrolytes daily, and not just any electrolyte, element electrolytes, because it doesn't have sugar, fillers, coloring, artificial, gunk, 
and has the effective electrolyte ratio that so many other guys don't do right with 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium, that perfect combination. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any order. That's eight single serving packets free with any element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinklmnt.com slash KDP. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drinklmnt.com dot com slash kdp element offers a no questions asked refund so you can try it totally risk free if you don't like it share it with a friend and they will give you your money back no questions asked you really have nothing to lose i just love these guys again it's drinklmnt.com slash kdp Okay, we already spoke about ALT, so you're good there. And I want to spend some time just first, let's go through the vitamin D. You you were able to run 25 OHD. That's one of the two vitamin D markers sitting at 67.6. I have no doubt um, that that could be because you are supplementing. Now, if you feel great on that, awesome. Uh, sometimes when we're supplementing, we actually don't need it. We're not converting it. And it's just kind of pooling there because we don't have enough vitamin A and zinc to complete the pattern, or if we're just taking excess amounts and we don't need it. And so I like to keep that number around like the 40 mark. So if you're trying to cut down on supplements and you're like, I don't know if I even need to be taking this, um, that marker looks pretty good and might not need it to be uh, supplemented with. So let's take a look at your NMR. I know that you had this ran a little while ago. I'll kind of um, explain some of the things and mark and uh, patterns that we see here. So we look to cholesterol. Um, this is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect you guessed it, a B12 need. <laughs> we definitely see this pattern repeating over and over again. It's also a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect uh, things like infection, inflammation, trauma, oxidative stress. Now, when we're looking at cholesterol, we have to understand where everything's coming from. So cholesterol is a calculation of LDL plus HDL plus 20% of triglycerides, okay? So we then look to the rest of your markers and we're like, okay, well, what's the one that's contributing to all of this increase? And then we see LDL, okay? When we look at your LDL at 363, that's likely contributing to quite a substantial amount of cholesterol, right? Because it's the LDL plus HDL plus 20% of triglycerides. So LDL-C is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect hypothyroid. You actually need thyroid hormones to clear LDL. And so when we see a high LDL, it can be a note that we need to check on the thyroid. We don't have any thyroid numbers for you. So that's where that kind of starts and ends. Then we think metabolic syndrome. So we look to other markers. Where's the A1C? Where's the triglycerides? Where's the glucose? I don't think we need to necessarily work on that. We can also look at gut permeability. Um, gut permeability can be caused by things like parasites, dysbiosis, metals. And so there goes that metals piece again, when the B12 is so needed, oftentimes, are it can point to the need to kind of assess whether or not heavy metals um, are a burden on the body. But again, because we have the rest of those patterns indicating a, a potential B12 need, it could be fun to supplement with some B12 and kind of see where that LDL ends up. 
Okay, then let's talk a little bit more of this NMR profile, um, LDLP. This is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect a body that's stressed. Now, if you did a pretty heavy workout before you ran these labs with your doctor, this could very well be contributing to quite a lot of the LDL stuff that we're seeing, both the LDLC and the LDLP. So, if you did work out, my suggestion would be to run this again. This test should be around no more than $100 or so. So if you wanted to kind of see how things are going, because this has been quite a, a while, perhaps having that ran again and make sure not to work out before your draw. LDLP is also a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect a heavy metals knee, or a heavy metals burden rather. Um, and so again, we just have that in the back of our mind as we're looking at kind of what root causes could be contributing if you say, my diet is perfect, everything's good, I don't know what's happening here. Small LDL is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect too much LDLP. And so it really just feeds into that piece. And so if you did not work out before this draw, then uh, my suggestion would be to start um, investigating uh, some of the heavy metals piece. Um, it could also be a genetics piece. You know, if you were to run the NMR profile again with the changes you've made and the markers are the same, it might be beneficial to chat with your doctor about that, about what the options could be. And also the LDLP can be a good um, indication of, of how we're dealing with saturated fats. If you've had um, any sort of genetic um, testing done, you could always pull the raw data and upload it to something like Found My Fitness. Um, she has a great uh, raw data uploader. It's a couple of dollars and you can get a pretty awesome report to see if your genetics are in line with the APOE. I think it's like double four or I think it's threes and fours, correct me if I'm wrong, that maybe point to the fact that you have a saturated fat sensitivity and might benefit from uh, lowering your saturated fat. So in summary, I would say that well, first, I hope that that was helpful. It gave some indications, some big patterns um, that we talked about that kind of look like might be beneficial to support is going to be that B12, B9, B6 need. I really like Mother Earth Labs, B Complex. A lot of people respond really well to it. So you could check that out. And I will include my code for DSS so you can check that out. Also, Fulvic and Humix and or and or uh, King Coffee for from Organo could be really helpful for supporting that mitochondrial pattern and also busting biofilms um, in preparation to do deeper work uh, specifically with perhaps digging into the heavy metals piece, the pathogen piece, and just the overall immune system support. So yeah, I hope that that was uh, beneficial and I wish you all the best. <laughs> okay, bye. That was a really fun one, right? I hope you enjoyed it and you learned whether or not you actually need B vitamins. If you want to learn more about blood chemistry and all the things, probably the best place to start would be to go to healthfulpursuit.com slash labs and sign up there. You can get a bunch of free information and I send you a couple emails of next steps and educational bits along the way. There's probably like three or four emails. It's not a heavy hitting one, but it definitely goes through a lot of the step-by-step -step on what to look for in your blood work. So if you're interested in this and you want to be empowered with all the information that I'm sharing, head on over to healthfulpursuit.com labs. And then also in that audio um, that I sent to the client, 
that you just listened to, um, there were a bunch of different things that I mentioned and such, um, including access to my DSS and full script and King Coffee, Spore Powder, the Found My Fitness uploader. So I'll be sure to add all of those links to the show notes today so you can check that out. So I hope you enjoyed it again and we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. So